0: The Money Show, Business Unusual, with Colin Cullis. I feel liberated, creative. I feel like my inner artist has expressed itself. And I did it with a phrase today, Colin Cullis. Please tell us what we've been up to.
1: Hi, yes, Bruce, you have been an inspiration, uh, more than just a muse, for an AI called Mid Journey
0: Hmm.
1: uh, by using the phrase Cape Dutch farmstead in a storm, which in itself I think is... Quite a poetic sort of line the kind of thing that inspires actual artists uh, but mid journey is a image synthesizing ai image generator that can take a text prompt and turn it into an actual image and it does it via a very complicated uh, system which I, goes beyond the scope of our conversation uh, suffice to say it's part of the new uh, sort of generation of ai's that they first learned to understand what things in the real world were and now that they know what things in the real world are they can create new things from their bases and understanding of those of those ones. So, in in this particular case, there were two generated. If somebody wants to see what they look like, um, there's a tweet out on the seven hundred two account with the two images. Because you asked for one Cape Touch uh, farmstead in a storm to be done in the style of Tenister Young, which I think it kind of got close to. Although I'll point out one glaring potential error with it, and then one in the style of Pablo Picasso, and that one too, I think is sort of there or thereabouts, but not, maybe not very close. For the tennis, to young one, w- which thing jumped out at you, despite it looking really like a painted picture that you'd imagine an artist would create,
0: that sort of failed on the Cape Dutch farmstead side? Well, it, it, it looks more Cape Cottage than Cape Farmstead. The perspectives are awry. Um, the perspective is all wrong. And it looks like it's got like a, a thatched Lapa outside um, rather than, I don't know what that is, actually. Um, it, it's pretty awful. And well, I was, that's a, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, when you start getting into it, you realize that whether it be art critics or simple reality critics, it, it's still got a long way to go. Uh, the bit that stood out for me is Cake Dutch farmstead, certainly imagining it in the style and the period where that would have been created, would have been thatched roofs. But that is an orange roof. And I'm pretty sure they never made orange thatch or dyed orange thatch, so I'm not quite sure what that is. Uh, Mid-journey obviously has a little bit of a bias towards those things. And that's maybe the point about where they get you. So the, the two elements I want to touch on for this evening, and I doubt I'll be able to cover it also. We might have to revisit the subject because it keeps evolving, uh, is the notion as to how well a machine understands anything, even though we we ascribe to them sometimes this real intelligence. And then secondly, if it has... Sorry,
0: Colin. I mean I just Well, if it, uh, no, sorry about this. We're talking over each other because there's a bit of a delay. But I'm looking at these images and I did expect a whole lot more because what this artificial intelligence program has got is the world's information at its fingertips. It can choose from a selection of a billion images, no doubt, around the world and can conjure up in the style of the artist I've requested uh, an interpretation. Yet it's done it incredibly badly. It's not followed the instruction. It's not delivered what I asked for. And it's done it actually quite badly in both counts, the, the de Jong interpretation and, of course, the Picasso interpretation of Cape Dutch Farmhouse, neither of which is delivered to any degree of satisfaction. Uh, and again, I, I wonder whether it's got too much information and whether that's going to be artificial intelligence's biggest problem is knowing what to take and what not to take cognizance of when you know fulfilling a task. Because it's taken every bit of information and a bit like design by committee, <laughs> it's come up with something fairly catastrophic.
1: You're right, Bruce. In fact, the particular data set that Magirna uses is one called Lionnet, and it has 400 million images in there, which in itself, that's no small number of images because it's an image with a description. So for the, for the system to work out what is a Cape Dutch farmstead, what is a storm, it needs to look at loads and loads of pictures of both of those. But the reason I find... These two images particularly are so poor, not because it has too much information, it has too little. This illustrates just how powerful our intelligence is that even if you give a machine 400 million images and then prompt it with things that to you and me make kind of sense, you'll find that in its data set, there are just too few de Youngs or they're not labeled in a way that it can make that connection. And certainly with the Picassos, the notion of there being Picasso images, plenty. But Picasso uh, images, where he did a Cape Dutch farmstead, that's very few. I did, I did go and kind of have a look at. He had an African period, but he never did too many buildings, so it has very few images to work from in that respect. So it would have had a massive bias towards a Cape farmstead, or would it imagined that to be, or the storm setting uh, that it that it came up with that. I mean, it could have said uh, a, a Cape Dutch farmstead. Uh, modern day, which would be something like a hood constantial, then it 's not in such a such a, a rural setting but that's that 's again where humans have this capability and ability to to go much further than these machines can. nevertheless, I was curious to find out um, if people thought uh, one of four options if it was good art and original, if it was uh, good art but an imitation uh bad art and original or bad art and an imitation and the the winning sort of number of votes forty one percent said good art. But an imitation. And, and this is kind of where the, the second part I wanted to touch on is if these machines are get, getting close to being good enough to say that is good art, but it's an imitation, does it qualify for copyright? And at the moment there are, um, you know, uh, um, uh, services that allow you to use photography that allow people to upload their photos and then others can then buy the access to use it because it's copyrighted work. And over time, they've some of them have decided they will not accept them. One of the biggest, best well-known ones is Getty Images. And it said they will not accept any um, AI generated images to be loaded onto its platform. Others have said that's okay. And others yet have said, well, it depends if it's the actual AI image, no. But if it's an AI image that was used, again, as an inspiration for you to create something else, then yes. And that potentially is where this is a very useful thing. Uh, Let's imagine you've got a contemporary artist who's done quite a lot of things and he's looking to branch out and try something different for a a new sense or something. So he can use an AI like this and say, I'd love to do more uh, landscapes. Let's say they, they were known for doing something that wasn't a landscape. And then they can say, in my style, and they just get the inspiration from that. Say, oh, I do like that one. Yes, let me go and actually go and create something now and do it that way. And it's not just in the field of, in this case, artworks. Authors are looking for prompts for stories to write. So they give it to an AI. They string a, a novel as long as you want together that they can then say, ah. Huh, Genius, there it is. Or they'll say, well, I'm going to just use the, the seed idea of it and, and move on to something else. Uh, musicians have created songs. In fact, if time allows, I might even play you a little piece of the 2022 AI Song Contest uh, winner uh, from Thailand. Um, a piece of music that I think like these images, kind of challenging to our ear, but uh, I w- was awarded the prize on the basis of it used uh, what they used was a, 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 a Thai instrument, a, a wind a wind instrument from Thailand, which apparently is very well known and understood in Thailand. I have never heard it, so it's hard for me to say. But in creating something, imagining if a dragon had come to life and blew this thing into the world, you know, what would it do? It had that sort of a sense about it. And, and the judges felt that uh, the ability to have an AI interpret those prompts from effectively just the input of what that instrument sounded like and then tweaks from the actual team to say, here's the sort of, uh, mood it should create and the sort of pace it should have and, you know, how many sort of notes it should fit in there. Well, maybe I should just play it for you and then yes, let great. you react to yourself. Uh,
0: I think AI's threat to the arts, for now at least, is limited.
1: Potentially. So that was uh, if you do need to know, Yaboy yeah uh Yablo Hanoi with enter uh, dragons well, and you. Demons. In fact, it does open up a whole new world of things because you know how much fun there is to be made in what would you call your band if? Well, that was for regular bands, but now you've got AI bands and musicians. So imagine the names that would come up with those. In fact, I did have a look at some of these AI contest ones and most of them were terrible. There was a pretty useful uh one from uh, South Korea that simply said, we are programs, which I thought was at least uh, no, uh, descriptive.
0: <laughs> I, I would call mine imagine yes. Dragon, but I think that's taken already, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, you see that the plagiarism is the other because you see, are you imitating your derivative or you're simply copying something? And here's another field where it gets, uh, particularly challenging. Uh, a little while ago, it was about two years ago, uh, somebody used a AI to improve a cup, a drinking cup, uh, one that you would use disposable cups to make them a little more robust, but a little easier for them to degrade. Uh, but the actual design wasn't created by some guy with a, with a, with a program and, and a, a you know, a pencil. He gave it to the AI and say, here are the parameters, make me a better cup, which it did. He then had that registered as a patent object. And the crazy thing is Australia and South Africa said, yes, Davos was the name of the AI. You are the patent holder for this new cup. He took the same one to America and to the UK. And there they both said, no, it isn't. AIs uh, can't be patent holders. They must be humans. Well, this is the the one, the, the decision in the UK said, Machines don't have rights. Now, that in itself potentially can spark an entire new conversation between, you know, of course machines don't have rights, but up until when do they start having them? Um, Elon Musk is about to roll out his latest sort of AI uh, robot-y things, uh, one he suggests is gonna look more and more human-like for having general intelligence. At some point, do you get to treat them terribly? Do you get to say, hey, that's not cool. Um, you know, what do we wind up doing? Robots. Ultimately, uh, the word derives from from meaning slave in in Slavic. Um, so yeah, there's very very messy uh, sort of bit that has to be uh, sorted out there. Um, and then you get to the, the similar things uh, with designs for buildings. Um, there are already very credible programs. They won't just design you the optimum shape size building to fit on a particular plot. Plot with all the reinforcements and light and all those other requirements you want. It'll even go so far as to put in the internal layout, so you could specify how close people needed to be, amenities or stairs or you know the, the size of lifts needed to be according to what might be on the particular floor. Uh, and the question then is, who gets the credit for that? Does the architect say, "Ah, oh, that's one of my buildings," or does it have to go to the name of the program uh, that was used to create it? So this is this is the the sort of challenging bit, and perhaps as a final thing, I would ask you, where do you see us uh, best being? Or who would you task with actually resolving these things?
0: I I look, I haven't a clue. I mean, I just, I look at AI and I look at bots, for example, and I look at the digital personal assistants that are on all of our devices. um, And I wonder how human interaction with each other is going to be influenced by the way in which we interact with artificial intelligence. Um, When you speak to Siri or you speak to any one of the other Assistance, Alexa, or whatever the case is. There are no pleases and thank yous. There are no social graces. It's an instruction. Do this, do that. Um, you know, deliver me this. Give me this insight. Give me, deliver this page, this phone number, whatever it is. And we become so used to. And I, I just wonder if younger people today are going to get so used to delivering commands like this that it's not going to actually ultimately have a negative impact on human interpersonal relationships at some point in in, in the future. I don't know who's going to govern it and how it's going to work better. But um, I do think we're headed down quite an interesting and potentially quite treacherous path.
1: Can I give you one final uh, thought, Bruce? I don't know if you played Wordle today, but I know you're quite, I a, did. quite a regular player. I got it in three Okay, you are still better than the AI because, of course, there is an AI that will help you solve Wordle. I used it. It took four. But being that the word today was the one it was, I think we might be on a track to say, yes, Uh, we can expect AI at some point uh, starting to steal some of our lunch.
0: I suspect eventually, but not quite yet. That to me was quite comforting. I did expect more. I really did. Thank you, Colin Cullis. Colin Cullis, AI and creativity. AI is very good at many things. Creativity, not so much.